You don't have to be positive all the time. It's perfectly okay to feel sad, angry, annoyed, frustrated, scared, and anxious. Having feelings doesn't make you a negative person. It doesn't even make you weak. It makes you human. And we are here to talk through it all. We welcome you to These Fucking Feelings Podcast, a safe space for all who needs it. Grab a drink and take a seat. The session begins now. What's up, guys? Welcome to These Fucking Feelings Podcast. I am Micah. I got Rebecca, my girl, here with me, and we are glad to have our guest, Kate. Oh, my God, I'm going to mess up your last name, so go ahead and say it for me again. (laughs) Send a nuke. Seminuke. Okay, cool. (laughs) So now, Kate, one thing that we do ask is we ask all of our guests to introduce themselves because I know there's like an umbrella of things that you do and I just don't want to miss nothing. So if you can introduce yourself to our audience. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm Kate. I'm a hypnotherapist. I'm absolutely obsessed and interested in subconscious mind. That's why I started to really dive deep into research about this part of our mind. I grew up in Ukraine, moved to Canada seven years ago, and that's when all the changes started to happen in my life. I work with uh, deep trauma, deep hidden triggers that people have, and I specialize in fears, phobias, and anxiety. Okay. Very good. Now, love the topic. I know. Ugh. And I'm scared. I mean, I'm scared of like weird. Love things. them, but you know what I mean. I'm, I'm scared of like weird things. Like I'm scared of like highway lights. You know when they have like they're doing construction and they have these big highway lights. I don't know what it is about that, but it freaks me out. It's such a weird thing to be scared of. But you know, people usually do a connect. Uh, there's this little pathway, the neural pathway that at some point connects the fear towards anything, anything at that moment that your mind locked onto. So people can be afraid of drinking water. Wow. They can have a phobia of rabbits, cats, beautiful, you know, the most funniest animal, right? right. But at the same time, for them, it's real. It's real, definitely. Right. For me, it's real. And I drive so much, and I used to drive a lot at night. And it's like, and then by myself. You know, and now I'm on a highway, and the speed limit is 75, and I'm doing 20 because these lights are on. And I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> so does a fear connect back to something in your childhood or something that's happened in your past? Exactly, yeah. So when something unexpected traumatic, painful, and isolated happened. So there must be like a set of conditions when the event happened. It doesn't have to be always in childhood. It could happen in adulthood as well. For example, you were absolutely fine and then you had a, a car accident and you might develop a strong fear of driving. Right. Until that fear either subsides or you change the belief and you're like, yes, okay, I'm safe. I'm good. But for some people, they develop severe driving fear because in that moment, when we are kind of by ourselves, it's painful. We don't know how to process it. Our mind has this incredible ability to become a 5D camera. So it takes everything in, the smell, the taste, the colors, Mm -hmm. the objects. 
And so it memorizes it and it makes you a promise. The mind is like, I'm going to next time keep you away from it. And depending on how strong that promise is, that's how how strong the fear will be. It will either be a phobia where you are like we have a panic attack. Right. Or it might be this like feeling of discomfort. Mm. Right. So it depends on what kind of promise. If you if your mind made a promise, hey, I, I have to keep you out of it for from like at any cost, then it will be mostly phobia. If your mind will label it as it's dangerous, but like you can do it still, then it will be just a fear or discom- discomfort. And I guess that's a cool kind of way of putting it, like your mind making a promise to mm-hmm. keep you away from it. I've never heard that before. So that's kind yeah. of like, where did that concept come from? Yeah. Usually people believe that I am my mind. This is who I am, right? I am, I am my mind, but that's not true because mind is a tool. It's a tool. You use your logic mind for counting, budgeting, analyzing. You use your critical thinking for decision-making for, you know, making observations and you use your subconscious mind for feelings and emotions, right. connections, making something automatic, like driving, for example, or reading or writing. Right? And then there is also um, a spiritual part of us, the one that actually notices that I'm not happy. Right. Who notices that? <laughs> Who notices that inside I'm not happy? Right. right. So there is a higher consciousness that notices that. And mind is just a tool. And so the mind's basic job is to keep you safe. Right. Hmm. Okay. So, so. But yeah, really nice promise, right? I will keep you safe, safe <laughs> at any moment. But the trick about the mind is that the biggest part of the mind is the subconscious mind. And it doesn't know time. So technically, when it makes a promise, it doesn't know what it's doing for you in the future. Hmm. So when it made you a promise, don't ever drive. This is this is the most dangerous activity ever it doesn't understand the mind does the subconscious mind doesn't know time so it doesn't know whether it's going to harm you like it's going to be uncomfortable not to drive it's going to create so much challenge so many challenges and you know you will not like it but the subconscious mind doesn't know time so it makes that promise that's the that's the tricky part about about our mind like, this is the way you want it to go. What was it about the mind that made you want to, like, get to know it better? And and this is your field of study now. Absolutely. So I, uh, I worked as a manager. So I worked with, with many people. And we would have these um, coaching sessions with our employees that we would have to really give them feedback, you know, coach them. And I was very interested in why you talk to the logic. And logic knows everything. But they still do the <laughs> the way they did before, right? Or even me, even I noticed it about myself. So I would logically know that this food is not healthy, but somehow I would be still drawn to it. I was like, like what, what the heck, why? And so I said like, okay, there is something more than just my logic. Then I took my first therapy sessions and I realized like, wow, it's so nice to talk about it. It's, it's amazing. But why do I come home when I drift back to the same patterns? Even though logically I know that it's not good for me, that I have to really start breathing hard, like deeper when I have anxiety, but I never did it because the conscious mind usually wins 10 out of 10 if I'm not aware. (laughs) 
And well, so you, that's- you are not making me give up my fruit roll ups, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so I draw the line, Kate, uh-huh, at fruit yeah. roll ups, okay? okay. <laughs> Micah, it's all about the beliefs you make about the food. You know, some people are able to eat any food. And you know what they tell to themselves? They tell, I'm fine. Like, I, my mind, my body, and my digestive system just like, you know, digest everything, letting everything out that is not needed, and absorbing only a good nutrients. Right. And that That's is exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And that is exactly what's going to happen because our beliefs recreate in our reality. Right. Or, or that whole belief that uh, I'm gonna something's gonna kill me anyways. I might as well drink this Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as long as long as you are not thinking about oh, this this soda is going to really damage my health, you know, then I think you should be fine. <laughs> and you know what? We sometimes need that experience. You need that experience, you know, to, to, to experience, to sample life in all its colors and tastes and then realize what's good for you and what's not. Right. So you're saying that it could be different for every person. It could be different, depending on what they believe in. Of course, there, are, there is a food that is, for example, that can harm if you consume it in huge amounts. But the reason behind that, what is the reason behind that? Right. There is, there is a reason, and if people realize the reason, they're like, oh, why am I not treating my body as the most precious temple ever? Right. <laughs> so there is a reason, and when you find the reason, and it's always, you will find that right time for that. Right. Can everyone be hypnotized, or are there people that you find are unable to be? Usually uh, people uh, believe that someone is hypnotizing them. But the reality is that we go into that state of mind that is called hypnosis. Hypnosis is a state of mind and the deepest one is sleep. Right. The deepest state of hypnosis is sleep and it's a self-hypnosis. So when clients come to me and they, for example, tell me, oh, I cannot be hypnotized. I would say, well, do you ever sleep? And they say, yes, of course. It's like, well, then you definitely go into that state of mind. Yeah. So See, now, I have like an issue sleeping. Like I have insomnia. So like I have to like drink NyQuil and, you know, smoke a blunt. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but you still you still switch off at some point. Right. Right, right. Absolutely. Even if, if it happens with the help of other things, but you still manage to switch off and sometimes having a nap in the middle of the day, the same, uh, going to the uh, grocery store and not remembering how you crossed all the lines and whether you crossed the red line, red light or not. Yeah. <laughs> that happens sometimes, right? We, yeah. we drive somewhere and we're like, how did how I, get, did I here? get here? Yeah, that has so happened to me. Yes, and that which means that you went into that self hypnosis. You know, you self hypnotize. You you kind of zoomed out, drift, <laughs> drifted off somewhere into your thoughts. Right? The same happens in hypnosis, but it's more guided. guided. It, it's more directed. For example, if if we go into hypnosis, some people who have extreme PTSD, for example or extreme control issues that they, they believe that if I close my eyes in front of someone, <laughs> then I'm losing control. 
Right. And the biggest control is being able to give away that control. You know, if you want to ask a lot now. Yeah, I think maybe the the thing that would be challenging is the control of going to sleep under the controlled circumstances. Exactly. Yes. Getting yourself to go to sleep upon (laughs) on demand. Right. And usually, uh, yes. And there are different uh, types of hypnosis. There is a deep trance hypnosis where people actually do go into that deeper trance, just like sleep. But there are methods, and this is the one that I'm practicing, which is a very meditative, light, relaxed state. It's absolutely not something that people are not aware of. They, they remember everything we talked about in the session, everything that came up. So that they, they love it because they believe like, okay, if I can remember everything that happens, if I have full control of everything that is happening in the session, then great. Why not? Yeah. So everyone can be hypnotized. It's whether they want it is whether they trust someone to guide them into that state of mind. And I think that's probably the hardest thing, the trust aspect of it or or finding somebody that you trust or just believing that they're going to guide you the right way. Because, you know, when you think about hypnosis, you think about like, I'm going to be around here. Yeah, I probably had 30 percent of my clients coming to me and like, you know what? I've heard so many good things about hypnosis. But you know what? The only thing I know is whatever is happening on those entertainment stages. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, I do not want to bark like a dog okay <laughs> so yes. Edgar Casey have you ever heard of Edgar Casey sorry have you ever heard of Edgar Casey no no he was, no, no. He was known as a sleeping prophet I'm gonna tell you some information on him because I think that's something that he used to do he used to go into like this sleep state he used to be able to heal people like he used to be able to connect to like other subconscious <laughs> and be able to tell people like ways that they can heal themselves and um, yeah and so he was known as a sleeping prophet but he never remembered anything when he was awake Mm -hmm. you know so it's like people he would go into like this trance and you know it was like his father at first would like ask him questions and write down notes and those kind of things but then when he woke up he didn't remember anything so they would have to like read things to him but it makes me i always thought that that was kind of fascinating that he was able to like heal people you know through connecting subconsciously to people so it's it's fascinating for me it is fascinating you know when you uh when you listen to your intuition there is no limit to it so sometimes people believe like oh there is some you know they have the the skills yes they might have the skills and abilities and some gifts but usually it is just heightened connection to your intuition that's it Right. And intuition is, is, is limitless. You don't know the limits, the boundaries of it. Definitely. So you don't know how your intuition can tell you so much about yourself and about other people. Yeah. So intuition is something you're saying we should always listen to? Uh, we should really recognize what is intuition and what is unreasonable fear. <laughs> Very similar sometimes. Right, right, right. You know, you might be afraid of, um, you might be afraid of driving. Or flying, and you will be, and you, you, if you listen and you confuse it with intuition, you will think, you will think like, oh, maybe I'm going to have an airplane crash. That's why my intuition is holding me back from flying. I, I feel that way every time I get on a plane. 
I'd be like, can there please be a baby up here? Because it's not going to go down if it's a baby, okay? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so usually, yeah, usually it's, 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 it's the way, it's a skill to be able to differentiate the intuition and, uh, and fear. Intuition is very, it's softer. Right. Usually it's much softer than the fear. Okay. It's this, uh, let's just say these small butterflies in your stomach that is, ah, this person gives me a vibe, you know, something like that. To to describe it. You did really well on that. Okay. Thumbs up on that one. (laughs) So now I I know I was reading about was RTT hypnosis. Yes. So let's talk about that a little bit. Cause I know I was reading that it was saying like three sessions, you should like three sessions is all you may need. Yes, usually the, the method was uh, created and invented by uh, Marisa Peer. She's a renowned hypnotherapist. I've seen her in action and it's incredible. But she usually was also very fascinated about the root cause, but not only about the root cause of the problem, but she was very fascinated at how can you shift the perception? You know, how can you shift people's thinking? fast and rapidly like she was she was determined to find that method and she did she worked for 30 years until she she actually brought this method to life like to people and started to teach that method before she would use it only for her herself and for her clients and this method what i liked is because i'm an impatient impatient person (laughs) (laughs) i was because i was like i don't want to go and go and talk about my problems for, for years. Right. I, I don't. I, I understand that some people might feel a release or comfort in that. But for me, it was like, no, I want to live my life. Right. So if there is a way that is rapid, transformational, can be done in less than three, three sessions, I'm in for it. Right. Right. Like I'm willing if to you, try. <laughs> imagine, imagine you go to the pharmacist and you need something from a headache, from like a, a migraine. And the pharmacist is telling you, you know what? There are these two options. One, you're going to have a migraine for three months, but you're going to take this for three months every day and it's going to get better. And there is another medication that you're going to take for three times and it's going to get better. Right. What would you choose? Yeah, right. right. Like I'm gonna take the three times. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like it of course it of course a big responsibility is on the client. And right. how they how they commit to change, how they listen to the recording that I make them after the session to program and rewire their their mind. But if they do, if they do everything, they feel the shift. They feel like, oh my, one session of hypnotherapy can equal ten therapy sessions. Wow. Yes, people would go and choose it for sure. And this is something that you can do virtually. Yes, absolutely. Yes, that's pretty. Zoom over Zoom, it it works great as as long as the person finds that quiet place for themselves. Right. Yes. So I think that'll be my one problem: is my mind is so busy that it won't shut the hell up. Like shut up, <laughs> so I can go to sleep. But. I think that 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 I, yeah. that that's yeah. That's where um, I have a hard time, like believing or not believing, but being willing to try these methods because I don't think that I can do it. So I guess maybe is that fear? Yeah, it's interesting when people believe that my mind, I need to shut down my mind or quiet down my mind. Right, it's not possible. 
So the mind never shuts down. Even when we go to sleep, our subconscious mind never sleeps. It works. It's magic there. Recovering, working, lots of processes are happening automatic in your body at night. And nightmares and dreams are the realm of the subconscious mind. So, no, we never shut down our mind ever. The only thing you can do is slow down it a little bit. That's it. I really want to talk about the weight loss um, hypnosis. Yes. Category. Mike is looking at me like, okay, spit it out. I (laughs) I couldn't think of the word. Um, Because, you know, probably I want to say most of my adult life, um, I've struggled with up and down weight gain, weight loss, blah, blah, blah. And I was reading a little bit on your website about it. Um, But can you tell us a little bit? about how that portion of hypnosis works? Yes, when weight loss has a psychological reason as well, mm-hmm. whether it's self-punishment, protection, maybe it's like an extra layer of protection. We don't know, but only the mind knows, and it's, it will be tailored to each client if there is a psychological reason. And then people go for diets. They go for different programs, and they feel like, yes, it works. And then as soon as they end the program, boom, it's bad. Or it's even more than it was before. Right. They gain more weight or they sabotage. The, the yeah. Very often we go for diets. We were like, yes, it works for one week. And then the mind gets so resistant to sabotage and we just stop yeah. right. the program. We yeah. stop it. We are not consistent. We're not following through. So that's a psychological reason yeah. for why we are not committed Right. To losing weight if we want to do that. Also, subconscious mind doesn't like the word. And that's Marisa Spear concept. I love it. She says, your mind doesn't like a word losing. Right. If you say, I want to lose weight, the mind gets into the panic. It's like, what? Are we losing something? Right. We can't lose anything because if we lose something, then we might not survive. Well, I don't know about that one because I lose stuff every day. Okay. And my mind does not think about none I lost. (laughs) Yes, the mind can do that. The mind knows what's beneficial for you, what it believes it's beneficial for you and what's not. So for, for, for psychological reasons, right, working together, like hypnosis can work on that subconscious mind programming. With the, with the weight shedding, or you can let go of the, of the weight that is not needed. That's the better way. Or I am, you know, I'm becoming fit. I am becoming slimmer. So that, that will help when you talk to yourself in a little bit of a different language. But technically, when you work on both levels, psychological and physical, of course, you're going to have an incredible result, right? much better result than if you just go and you exercise, but the mind still believes the old beliefs. Right. And as soon as the trigger comes in, as soon as the, some stress comes in, we drift back. Yeah. And you pair that with um, anxiety or depression. It's like a disaster. Yes, exactly. And we also uh, need to remember that since you are 
about feelings, right? <laughs> Since the pod- podcast is about feelings, the feelings, for example, fear, it's three times as more strong, as stronger as, for example, desire to have something. So if you want to have, for example, I want to lose 20 pounds, mm. but your fear of losing that weight subconsciously, it will be stronger. Right. So the same with any other fear. I want to open a business, but the fear of rejection and the fear of failure will be three times as right. stronger. So in order to overcome it, to balance it, you need to make a desire really attractive. Mm. Like, you know, put it everywhere in your home, you know, vision boards, getting excited about it, dreaming about it, listening to your meditations that you made by yourself about like, you know, creating so that you override the fear, override the, the intensity of the fear. So is it so it sounds like it's more than just hypnosis it's like some follow up behind it. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you know the the when people come to me for hypnosis and I tell them like it's not only about the session. Right. I'll give you so many tools and I also give them their recording that they listen for 21 days neuroscience to build a habit. And when they listen and listen and listen to the same exact belief that they want to believe in, the mind doesn't have any other choice but surrender. That's pretty cool. And this is something that's tailored to like each customer, right? Or each client. Yes. And so the same with weight loss, right? Of course, if if we just sit there and listen to the recording and we believe that we're going to lose weight, then it's... It can happen. I've seen that happen. People lose hypnosis, uh, use hypnosis audios for losing weight. But at the same time, they start to get more inspired to move their body more. Right. They get more inspired to treat their body more, better. So it's also about loving your body. Weight loss has a lot to do with loving your body. Yeah. Yeah. Accepting it just the way it is at this moment. Hmm. So if you work together... You're going to have a great result that is going to be permanent, permanent. So now can hypnosis uh, help with um, like pain, physical pain or chronic pain and those kind of things? Absolutely. Yes. I think that originally um, hypnosis was, was, was for very deep trauma first. right? Right. And also for pain management, people who couldn't have uh, any painkillers, for example. Right. You know, there are dental hypnosis. When people can put you in hypnosis and you um, you don't feel the pain at all because your mind switches off the sensations in some parts of the body. There were surgeries done under hypnosis because people couldn't have any medication. And, and, that's, have. Something that, and that's something that work can work long term? Yes, it can work for hours if if the hypnotist is there, if the hypnotherapist is there guiding them, you know. Right. Uh, children very often can can benefit from hypnosis, especially at the dental office. Mind right. is a powerful thing. It it's is. a powerful, yes, pain management as well. Pain management as well. And, you know, we I've seen it in action, how people have, a very intense, for example, pain in, in their in their elbow, which is like maybe arthritis, but they don't know yet, but it really hurts. And then the hypnotherapist is 
guiding a person to switch off, to release the pain from that part. And people do confirm, oh my goodness, there was, there was a moment where I didn't feel the pain. Mm-hmm. Which means how much, is, how much is controlled by our mind. Right. right. When I was uh, having my children, I, be, uh, especially my first one, I uh, didn't have any medication or anything uh, or epidural or anything like that. And I, people wondered why I did so well. And the, I guess pretty much what I had said was I just always put the pain in my mind. And I just handled it that way. And pretty much the second and third child, I did the same. But come the third child, it got a little harder. But that's pretty much just what I did. I just, I didn't know I was doing it at first. But Mm -hmm. I just kind of, I don't know what I did, but that's how I handled it. Yes, and and it's, it's a very natural process. Giving birth is a very natural process. So if if a woman really sets her up for success, absolutely it can happen. If there are no any other physical, you know, conditions that, you know, limit her ability to give birth, then it comes natural. And the pain, we are prone to be very resilient to that pain. Yeah. But now she, she says she puts the pain in her mind. Can that be a negative thing? Like, is that where you want to keep pain? Would you want to keep it in your mind? Yes, with with birth, with given birth, usually it's a little bit different because uh, our hormones work the way that we forget about that pain very fast and we switch to something else like nurturing the child, the baby. Even though we still remember that it hurts, we don't remember, our hormones work in a way that we are not afraid of that pain anymore, even though for some people it can happen. Some people can develop a pain. Right. after giving birth uh putting the fear in her head what the, what did that mean to you did you set yourself up for that you know believe that i'm just going to handle it all in my head and i'm just going to go through it or how did it look like um honestly at first i didn't realize it just kind of automatically happened but i just when the biggest pain came on, I just, in my mind, I said different things to myself and I didn't allow my whole body to feel the pain. I, it was just like, I worked through it through my mind. I just kind of concentrated on the pain in a way that I could manage it, I guess, and not just let it consume me. And that's a very I, direct you know, of hypnotizing yourself. Okay. Like you were doing it on yourself. Can you teach me? My biggest struggle is guilt. I'm always, I always feel guilty about everything. You know, it's like um, right now I'm, I'm in a pretty good place in life, but I feel bad that other people aren't, you know, or that people are out there pain and hungry and tired and sleepy. And, you know, to me, it's like, I'm always guilty. It was like, I'm, I want to save the world, but I know it's not my job, but I feel guilty because I'm not saving the world. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually, usually we are born with natural emotions. So, and guilt is not that emotion. So when we are born with natural emotions, which is uh, sadness, uh, anger, fear, joy, wonder, courage, love, all of that is our born inborn emotions. 
Right. And which means that you will always feel them. So at some point you'll get frustrated. You will feel fear at some point will, or anger. You will, at some point you will feel calm and, and, and you have this unconditional love that you feel. However, there are three emotions and feelings that are artificial, which means that they are socially imposed. And it's guilt, shame, and blame. Also envy as well. It's a social, it develops when we are in the social settings. Yeah, and I, but I do know that because I kind of, so I didn't grow up in a religious household, but we grew up with a belief. And a lot of that was sin and punishment and those kind of things. And it's like, even now in my struggle where I don't know what I believe in as far as faith, whether I mm-hmm. believe in God or Jesus, whether I'm Christian or Muslim, you know, I'm still in that search. I still always feel like this, everything is, is sinful, you know? And, and then I always think about my brother. I always put him on blast. Cause he's like, you know, you're doing so good. Make sure you're thankful. God is going to take it away. And it's like, why do we got to say that? <laughs> usually, yeah, usually a religion, as, as much as they can help some people get through a lot of pain and, and a lot of struggles, it also divides the world into good or bad, right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And so when you believe that something is is not right or something is really wrong, then I'm responsible. There is something wrong with me. I'm responsible for that. So we feel guilt. Right. Or are you, but the universe doesn't know about that. The nature law only knows what's beneficial and what's not beneficial. And it's completely different from right or wrong or good or bad. So now can hypnosis help me with this? <laughs> it's the, I would say it's the practice that can help you with this. So when you look at something and you divide it into good or bad, ask yourself, why is it bad? Because I, I learned that it's bad, but maybe it's their experience. For example, some people did something bad. It's their experience as well. And as much as you want to help and you will help in some moments, like protecting something or someone, however, you always need to realize that the universe only knows what's beneficial and what's not. That's it. And so when you, you blur that, that line between right or wrong, then you release the guilt as well. Because then you look at yourself as like, whatever I do, it's not right or wrong. I'm doing the best I can based on my experience and on my mindset. Right. So why would I feel guilt? Why would you put a guilt on a six-year-old child who doesn't know, I don't know, multiplication? Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah, and then they feel. I can't eat it, so I'm going to throw it away. I know there's people that's hungry, (laughs) (laughs) but I just can't eat it. I I can't. (laughs) Sorry, I had a little meltdown. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but technically, every every feeling, which is these artificial feelings, like guilt, blame, or shame, and uh, envy and greed as well, this is something that we can unlearn. Okay. We learned that. We can unlearn it. You cannot unlearn anger. (laughs) This is not possible. You can release it. You can understand it. You can understand the pain behind it, right? You You can can become aware of the anger. Yeah. But you cannot, like, unlearn it. (laughs) But these feelings, like guilt and shame, they're very, they're they're toxic, surely toxic, you know? Yeah. Because I feel like that's the biggest damper in my life that, you know, I'm always concerned about everybody else. And it's like, I'm single. 
I don't have no kids. I shouldn't have no stress. You know? But everybody else is stressing me. <laughs> so it's, let's just say he's living. He's, you know, always. Yeah, but it, ooh, it drives me crazy. We could talk about that another time, Kate. We could talk yeah. about this another time. <laughs> <laughs> so now I even read that it said one <laughs> therapy session can be beneficial. So let's, so let, I guess let's talk about the process or it's going to be a multi-question, right? Because now I got so many questions at one time. But I guess, is there like a certain um, candidate that's good for hypnotherapy? Uh, any candidate that wants it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that is so. You know, like I want to, I'm, I'm opening my mind to different methods of how I can help myself. It's not me helping a client. Right. I'm guiding them to help themselves. Well, that's, so let's put the, the it's, it's, it's a big responsibility on me Definitely. to be able to have the skill to guide them, to find the root cause, to shift the perspective. But at the same time, the biggest responsibility is on the client. And it's beautiful because when they take that responsibility, they start to say, wow, nothing, nothing can fix me. I can fix myself. Right. Isn't that beautiful to, to have that huge power of being able to... I think we my work. patience. I would need somebody to have patience. Yeah. I'm going to need. Definitely have to have patience. Right. Because <laughs> that's whew, with me. Yes. Because I, I'm, I'm one of those people that I'm not really good following directions. But yeah. I can always get to the end result. Shut up, Rebecca. Oh. <laughs> You're saying I talk too much. But I learned that in therapy. Therapy told me to talk. Okay. Born talking. I mean, I talk in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So technically, yes. Usually, people believe that in hypnotherapy they just have to follow. No, that's the thing. So in hypnotherapy, they go on a journey. They trust the hypnot. They trust the hypnotherapist to show them something that they don't see themselves, right. and they want to go there. They don't have to follow the, the instruction. They want to go there. It's right. like, oh my goodness, I want to find out what, why it's not working for me. Like, what is holding me back? So usually a hypnotherapy session is always, it's like a journey that the client goes on to. And I'm just joining, joining the client on that journey. And that's beautiful. That has to be, like I said, that has to be some pretty cool yeah. things to, to witness, to be there in somebody's healing, in their healing journey. So that's... Right. It's pretty cool. And then it's awesome. It speaks volumes about you wanting to be part of that journey and wanting to teach people these things. So we commend you as well. That's pretty, pretty uh, awesome and amazing. So can you pair like or or put together different areas of, let's say, weight loss with anxiety, depression? I mean, can you encompass all those things into like that's going to be a three session one, but yeah. like a one package kind of thing, you know, because some of us have to deal with all of that. Yeah. Usually, usually we, we work in, we can work in a package. Three sessions is usually when you go different layers, you know, uncovering, but I always tell clients, everything is connected. Right. Everything is connected. If I work with a client on, for example, on confidence, Right, they want to gain more confidence, public speaking, and when we work, they they text me or they email me as a follow up in a week or two, and they, you know what I notice? 
they stand up for myself better. Right. Like uh-huh. it's it's all connected. Or I make healthier choices. Or I started to uh, engage back in my hobby that I didn't do for eight years. Right. Like, right. We never know what changes are going to come after realizations in the session. Usually the root cause is only a couple of core beliefs. Like I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. There is something different. There is something wrong with me. Right, right. I don't belong here. There are some core beliefs that everything else is unfolding out of those beliefs. So everything is connected. See, I feel like I know all my root causes. I just don't know how to get past them. So we got the first part. It's easy. I can tell you what the problem is. It's just moving past it. <laughs> yes, exactly. So we usually, a lot of us know that, oh, I don't feel enough, right? Or I don't feel worthy. I don't feel like I can cope with this. However, since the subconscious mind doesn't know time, that's why you cannot pass, go past it because your mind still believes like you are in that whatever, five-year-old, 12-year-old, 14-year-old, it still believes you're there. So the, the, the goal of the hypnotherapy is to talk to your subconscious mind, to give it an understanding that, hey, I'm, not, I'm 36, for example, me, right? I'm, I'm 36. I'm not that hopeless, helpless, out-of-control girl. Right. And then my, the subconscious mind will listen. It will listen. So now is this something, so now I do these, these three sessions because, you know, I got to go for the big package, right? So I'm going to come and I'm going to do three sessions and, you know, uh, so now I'm at the point and I'm healing and those kind of things. Is it, is it, oh, can I like stay in that phase or do I need to come back for follow-ups to like get retuned up or is it just kind of like I can, this can actually heal me, heal me? Well, first of all, you heal yourself. <laughs> Not this heals you. <laughs> That's a good, you know, your mind, your mind, as soon as you say something fixes me or something helps me, you're like, oh, that's not my responsibility. That's, that's that responsibility. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. So it's good. Okay. Yes. Yes. You heal yourself. So whenever you get, get, gain those insights and realization and you're like, yay, you start to think differently. You start to really like, oh, I don't need to do that anymore. So you start to change your behaviors. So first comes a thought, that comes an emotion, comes the feeling, and then comes the behavior. So hypnotherapy works on the level of thoughts and beliefs. And when your beliefs change about yourself, you start to believe in a different things, then emotions change. <laughs> then, then the triggers, the, the, the behaviors are different. And when the behaviors are different, everything is different. Now, is this something that you did yourself? Is it was something like happened to you and then you decided to want to teach others or? Yes. So I did try it myself. I did believe in it so much because before that I tried other different modalities. Right. Starting from CBT and just talk therapy. I, uh, after I tried RTT, I was very curious about, is there something else that fast? <laughs> Can I do something else? So I started to explore different modalities. Reiki, soul search, um, different types of therapy, you know, family systems, like everything that I could find, I would take a session to sample it, to, to like really try to like, okay, let's try this. Let's try. I haven't found yet <laughs> something as integrative, as, as complete as RTT session. There are glimpses of each tool that we use 
there is in different methods. But I think that RTT just gave me this tool that, oh my goodness, it's, it can help anyone with any problem. Yeah. And, and I, I feel like that's what it sounds like to me. Like all, all of the kind of methods you can seek sound like they can be part of this journey with the RTT. I would say, yes, RTT is a journey. It's a journey of your life. You look at your life differently. That's it. You, you go back. There is a regression that is part of the hypnotherapy session of any hypnosis method. And in the regression, you look at the memories and you change the beliefs that you cannot change what happened, but you can change how you look at it. Right. That's the only thing you can change in your life is the way you look at the events and experiences that happened in your life. Right. Now, do you and that have, helps you. Do you have to come into this with a sense of I believe in it or can you still be a skeptic and benefit from it? I would say people do need to. It's not that they do need to do something, but it's great when they are open, when right. they don't have any expectations. When you are skeptical, technically underneath there is a belief. Uh, right. right, right. <laughs> or I, I don't believe in that. Or it's probably some time, whatever it is. But um, when you are not putting any expectations on a session, that's a beautiful experience. Then, If you put expectations, oh, this is the one key of my life. Right. If this doesn't work, nothing really works. Right. Yeah, <laughs> let's not do that. Nobody watching do that, okay? <laughs> yeah, so it-, it works and then let me know. <laughs> yeah, well, let me know. But uh, no, I, I was just thinking, and it's not so much like me being skeptical of it, but it's just kind of like, you know, I've tried like guided meditations and then I'm end up thinking about my meditation room and not even thinking about what I'm supposed to be following. And then it's like the deep breaths. They say seven. Was it supposed to be seven seconds or six seconds? I don't know. I lost count. Like I go through. <laughs> yeah. Usually if you, the, the best way, if, if people... For example, if they think a lot, right? They think a lot. They talk to themselves a lot. Yes, I do. I do. <laughs> or talk even like aloud a lot, which means that you breathe very fast. Yes. You probably breathe very fast. <laughs> because the faster your breathing is, the faster the thoughts come in. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy. Right? <laughs> And then I talk a lot out loud and talk a lot in my brain. And I'm doing it at the same time. You see, so you're not alone. You're never alone. You have a whole company. <laughs> what? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit right in there. You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Trinity in there. But, I, you know, it's like I know, you know, it's I believe, you know, and it's just I do. But, it, but then it's like I'm scared. Like if I try it and it doesn't work, that it discourages me because I'm still in that state. Like I can't quiet my mind. I have tried everything under the sun. To quiet my mind, you know. And now it's why- I listen to music at night to try to go to sleep, right? And then it's like I'm thinking about, well, when did this song come out? I think I was like six when this song was out, and <laughs> and then yeah, yeah, it, you have a really good like I don't know how the movie movie production company inside oh your mind. It, yes, it is. It, it like it takes me hours to fall asleep. Nothing irks me more than when someone is like, I'm going to sleep. And then you turn around and they sleep. 
I be wanting to choke the shit out of people. Like, what the hell did you go to sleep that quick? Now I got to find the right spot. I got to figure out something that I could just loop in my mind that will keep me calm enough so that I can finally get these two hours of sleep that I get every night. So, yeah. yeah. See, okay, cool. you someone like me, Kate? Because I believe, I do believe, I just don't know if it can work for me. And so is that believing or not believing? I want to be healed, though. See, that's my issue. I'm willing to try it because I want to be healed. Yeah, so usually um, people believe that healing has like a deadline or a time frame. Healing is a process. It doesn't know time. Subconscious mind doesn't know time. And healing is happening in the subconscious mind, which means that there is no time deadline. You know, people say, oh, it's going to take you years. Like, how do they know? Like. It's not possible. Some people wake up in the morning and they have quantum leap. They say, I'm, st- I'm, I'm, I'm not smoking today at all. Cold turkey. We've seen those people, right? Who, who cold turkey drop something. Drinking, smoking, whatever. They get on my nerves. Uh, yeah. <laughs> those people. <laughs> yeah, but it, it doesn't mean that there is something special. They just made the decision. That's it. Right, that is it. They just made the decision. That that's it. And when we don't make a decision, where we're like, eh, Mm, you know, maybe on Monday, tomorrow. That's not a making decision. <laughs> so uh, with the with the fast-paced mind, let's just say, right? With that mind that what you tell to yourself, this is exactly what's going to happen. It doesn't matter what you do. So you put on the music and you put on the meditation, but you tell yourself, I can't stop my mind. My mind never shuts up. <laughs> right. The things that's exactly what's going to happen. No matter what you do, if you put, you go to yoga class, you know, you go to yin yang class, whatever you do, whatever you want to do, you put hours of meditation. You put like these different vibrations, audios, doesn't matter. If you tell yourself, I cannot shut up my mind, your mind is like, okay, that, let's not shut up. There it is. Tonight, you're going to lay down in bed. You're going to not turn the music on. You're just going to lay there and you're going to go, I'm going to go to sleep. Look, brain off. Yes, you are away. Because look, okay, you be serious, right? I can, I go to sleep, pillows, a sheet, and a quilt. When I wake up, somehow I remove this sheet from under the quilt. I'm still sleeping under the quilt and I have no pillows. They're all over the floor and my ankles always hurt. What's going on? He is a mess. And then my ankles hurt. I'd be like, damn, what the fuck do I do in my sleep? Oh, Lord. <laughs> well, you probably, because your subconscious mind is so powerful, and we're now overriding you a lot of time, it's in sleep, your subconscious mind works so powerfully that you actually move around. Like, you move like you were moving in your dream. You know, maybe you're running somewhere, hiking, <laughs> or running from monsters who knows yes, yes, another alive. personality or something i think that we have an issue here oh <laughs> <laughs> like kate I was think like we discovered i didn't sign this, up kate. for I think this did. part of the podcast we need to kick that other person out so he can sleep uh, i mean it but it's never bad thoughts i don't think but you're right i mean i <sighs> It's like, I guess I do need to, like, it's just changing the way I think. We're going to talk, Kate. We're going to talk. You're going to end up hearing from me, but. And me. But also, let I'm going to tell you, I'm going to talk about you on the podcast now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, there is nothing wrong. Like, look at the kids. 
This is exactly how they sleep. They move around at night all the time. They yeah. move around. They, they wake up like they're heading in a different direction, you know, because the, the subconscious mind is super strong, super creative. And can you imagine what you can do with the power of your mind? So if you dream about something, right, and then you move around, run or like toss around, you know, move around, can you imagine that what you tell to yourself, how it recreates in the reality. Yeah. Because I even control my dreams sometimes. I'd be like, uh-uh, you went through the wrong door. We're going to start over. Let's go through the right door this time. Well, that's beautiful. I think it's beautiful. If you're conscious that you are draining, that's, that's really nice. It's, it's a really nice, which means that you can, you can have a really powerful hold over, over your mind and really use it for benefit. <laughs> You know what? I'm glad that you came on today because I've been going through a little struggle just yeah, with my own kind of like yeah. depression and anxiety lately. And and only I'm on a healing journey and I feel like I've dealt not dealt with. I'm not healed, but I have an understanding of a lot of my trauma. So uh-huh. that doesn't hold on to me as now it's now it's just I don't know. It's like like I said, it's like being guilty about being happy. And a miserable oh. world. That's my issue. It's like Maybe I feel I'm like ashamed yeah. that I have happiness when there's so many failed relationships going on. You know, my mom and her health issues and family members sick and people in prison and, you know, uh-huh. people getting shot because of race and Trump still running for president. Sorry if you're a Trump supporter. I don't think you are, though, right? No, She's from- in Canada. I know. I'm like, look, <laughs> you ain't even got to answer that. I ain't mean to ask. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is an interesting concept. Okay, this is an interesting concept. When we, uh, because you've mentioned, right, that you are on this, you know, healing journey, right? Yes. And, you know, you, you're just discovering, right, all of these things about yourself, right? Yes. And usually people believe that, okay, if I figure this out, if I figure this depression, it's going to be perfect. So I'm going to put this, and I'm sure your audience won't be able to, to see that, but uh, I'm going to describe it. So there's a tissue box right in front in my hands. And so we believe that this is a depression. And if we figure it out, that's it. We are happy. Right. Like, boom. Right. And we figure it out. And we figure out anxiety. And then there is a guilt. Right. <laughs> Learning about yourself is is a happiness in itself. Definitely. As you learn about yourself, about your mind, and how powerful it can be, Micah, it can be really powerful. You know, it's 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 kids can control their dreams. Like my daughter, she's fourteen, and she can go, she can dream, and she's like, "Oh, I'm just like creating these scenarios how I want to." It's an incredible manifestation power. That People forget about it. We all could do it when we were kids. We just lost that skill. Like, I mean, we unlearned it. It became unfamiliar. Because you don't taught me a lot of these things I learned now. So, yes, exactly. So, and then something new happens. Like we learn about ourselves and when we get better, we feel better. We feel happier. Sometimes we feel these spurts of inner peace, you know, even we're like, wow, wow, wow. And then the belief inside us from back, from back there, from right. all the roles we played is, uh, I, do I deserve happiness? Right, right. Oh, no, I can't. Like, I don't allow myself. I'm going to forbid myself happiness. So that's the guilt steps in. Okay, okay let's, 
let's make it worse. Because <laughs> that's my and, thing. My thing is like, how can you be happy when so many people are unhappy? You and, know. And the other concept, Mike, very important concept, and it will be great for your audience as well to hear that out and for everyone that some people have the ability to calibrate with others. Calibration is the is the ability of the mind to feel other people's emotions or to kind of step into their life like, ah, they feel so bad. So calibration means that you at some point as a child wanted to fit in. You wanted to know what other people feel so that you can predict what to do. You know, so calibration is an incredible feeling. I calibrate with my clients all the time, but I choose to do that when I need to. So technically, when you grow and you learn about yourself and you go further on the healing journey, you can learn when you calibrate and when you don't. For example, in intimacy, we calibrate with our partner. So yeah, we can feel our emotions and feelings, right? And kind of connecting. When you are in a social setting at a meeting, for example, you will learn to switch it off, not calibrate yourself with other feelings. So calibration is an amazing thing, but sometimes we do it too much. Right. And then we start to feel other people's, you know, misery, depression. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, so you use that skill. You switch it on, switch it off. And it's a skill. No one really showed us how to do that. Right. So the life, adult life is about learning to do that. Oh my God. So this has been amazing for me because you have taught me so much already, right? Yeah, for sure. I'm like, oh God, because I feel like, okay, I don't, I'm always calibrated. I'm always on, you know? So, I mean, it's true. I'm always, mm-hmm. you know, I I'm, I'm, I'm feel like I have to make everybody feel better. And I'm the joke at seven o'clock in the morning. And, you know, and people like this dude need to calm his little ass down. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah. It, and, and it comes with time. You know, it comes with time. You, I used to, to do that as well. I used to do this. And then when I started to work with clients, I realized that it's a beautiful skill when you work with, with a client to calibrate with them and really be able, oh, I can guide them. Okay, okay, I can guide them here and here because I, I feel what they feel. But as soon as they leave my house, which my office is at home, then I switch it up. Right. And then my kids come from school and then I switch it on because I want to connect with them. Definitely. And then I go and talk to someone and switch it up. It depends on what I want. Do I want to connect with this person? I'm going to calibrate. Right. But I filter it. So you're going to learn, Mike, to filter it. Yes, I do feel what you feel. And I really feel sorry. But that's not my experience. That's not my life. You're right. Okay. All right. So now, is there anything that you want to say to our audience that you didn't get to say because I turned this into my own personal therapy session? (laughs) I think that everyone needs to remember, and it would be great for for the audience to know that feelings and emotions, right, are our guides. Right. And and the, the best part about them is that we can listen to them, but we choose what to do with them. Not shutting down, not running away. Yes, come on here. Emotions, feelings, coming in. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's see what you're trying to tell me. But you decide what to do with them. So the power is always here, no matter how much we want to 
look for it for so, somewhere else. It's always inside of us. Oh my God, best message ever. I it know, is right there great. inside of you. Inside Stop of you. Stop looking for everybody else to heal you. Get with Kate. We're going to list all your information on, on our for website, sure. online, podcast episode. Mm-hmm. Get with Kate and she's going to show you how to help yourself. There you Amazing. go. Right. Yes, exactly. And I'm gonna call Kate, well, and we're gonna schedule something. We're going to. And I'm just letting these people know if you're not patient with me, I'm coming and I'm talking about you. Okay. And can you, can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine next time you go on the podcast and you're so quiet, so I know. with yourself, you know? <laughs> and then Rebecca has to do all the talking. Rebecca, I finally like, get a chance to talk. <laughs> <laughs> know all about me for a change they're gonna be like um what's wrong with you i'm gonna say one thing kate mm-hmm. <laughs> no kate did therapy rtt you know it really really sounds amazing honestly <laughs> i honestly i am um i am curious so i'm definitely going to reach out to you um and i won't waste your time i promise i'll be fully invested it, it's not you know i mean I, like i said it's still a little part of me that's like Ugh. but no. then i do feel like i'm i do go and uh, hypnosis states, hypnotic states, hypnotic, hypnotic states, because I just be tuning people out and be in my own little world. Mm. You know, I do it all the time. I yeah. will be so easy to hypnotize. It'll be like that for yeah. me because I have such the ability to just. Oh, so, but when you do it, can you give her a sense of humor? <laughs> no, <laughs> Rebecca, you have a sense of humor. Is this I- just. I'm going to kick your butt. But yeah, so when we do come back and I'm done with my sessions with Kay, there's going to be half of me. Because she's going to be skinnier. Yes. Yes. Oh, you see, Micah is already learning how to how to talk. <laughs> she's not going to lose weight. She's going to get skinnier. Right, right, right. Because we're we're going to get rid of that word losing. I might not lose. Exactly. Look, I might not lose nothing no more. And I do lose everything. I am one of those people. But I'm perfectly fine with losing it because I feel like I'm going to find it when I need it. Good. Oh, that's a good belief. Right. So, that's a really good belief. Dang, you've got him already changed. Yeah, I know. You done changed my life in this conversation. We thank you so much yes, for being thank on. You thank so you so much. I'm sorry if this wasn't what you expected, but I told you podcast with us go any kind of way. I know. You were amazing. You were a trooper. That's a really nice tissue box, too, just by the way. Like, that's <laughs> So on that note, we'll end with nice tissue box. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank, for you. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Kate. And um, we will see you next week. Thanks. And with that, we're wrapping up another episode of the Fucking Feelings Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in and engaging in another intense and real discussion on understanding and navigating through our feelings. Don't forget, we're here each Wednesday, bringing you brand new episodes filled with stories, advice, and perspectives to help you handle those fucking feelings. So set a reminder on your calendar. Grab your headphones and join us every week. And if you're interested in exploring more ways to deal with life's stresses, make certain to tune in to our sister podcast. Trauma is expensive. Dive deep into discussions on managing trauma, building resilience, 
and fostering healing with new episodes dropping every Monday. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on both podcasts on your favorite podcast platform. Remember, each comment and rating can catapult us further towards reaching those individuals who could really use our discussions. Your feedback is invaluable. Before we close, we want to remind you that discussing feelings is never a sign of weakness, but a display of courage. Stay brave, stay strong, and keep feeling those fucking feelings. Until next week, take care and keep the conversation going.